Hey, you're listening to a podcast from New Life Church in Fort Smith. We would love to connect with you. So find us on Instagram or Facebook at NLC Fort Smith. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Good to see us. Look at somebody and tell them Happy New Year. Oh, y'all are weak on the New Year. I'm excited about it. Let me tell you, I have been in a good mood because I'm at college football fan. I like to watch college football. My favorite team in the whole world is the University of Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. Amen. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. They won, of course, <laughs> this, uh, this bowl game. And they're they're going to play in the national championship. And I started thinking about this. You know, one of our prayers for this year is that for order to be restored. And I think that God is already answering that. Last year, LSU won the national championship, and look what happened to the whole world. Chaos. So now we're in there. We're about to set things right. We're in a season of prayer and fasting now at the church that actually starts today. Let me give you a little instruction on what our prayer is for you over these uh, next several weeks. We start every year with 21 days of prayer. And this is something that we do every single January. From today till three weeks from now, we will be in a season of prayer. And we ask everybody in the church to set aside some time each day to pray. And you can follow us on social media. If you were getting the Life of Christ devotionals, you will continue to get uh, Life of Christ teaching or uh, 21 days of prayer teaching and devotionals each day through this. Many people choose to fast uh, for the full 21 days. And so I know that myself and my family, we will be fasting for 21 days. But as a church officially, our fast begins on next Sunday and they fast for one week together. The whole state of Arkansas starts next Sunday through the Sunday after that, and we have a one-week fast together. You are invited to fast with us the whole 21 days, or you can just fast for that week, but we ask that you join us in prayer for these uh, next several weeks. We love to start off the year this way. This is a great time of year. Everybody is buying new journals and notebooks and planners. I was moving and I found a, a stat. I love to get like nice journals and the, the paper feels good and the covers are good. And I, I found a stack of journals that I had and I looked through them and they were all blank. <laughs> and that's about how it goes around this time of year. We get everything ready and we get to, to making all kinds of goals and resolutions. I'm going to run a marathon by my March, amen. I'm going to read my Bible cover to cover this year. I'm going to get up every day at 5 a.m. and I'm going to do Taibo. If y'all don't know what Taibo is, that's all right. And then you think after about three or four days, you say, I'm going to get up every day at 6 a.m. and I'm going to try Taibo. And then by day 10, you're like, I don't even care about no Taibo, nothing. Let me sleep in. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You get that. I'm going to drink two gallons of water every day by lunch. This is my healthiest year ever. I will never, ever in my life eat Taco Bell again so long as I live. And then by February, you are back on the couch watching Netflix with the chalupa in your hand. You know what I'm saying? That's my life story. I'm telling you, that is how I've been. I'm telling on myself. Look, 
I think that making goals is a great thing. I think it is good to have things that you are striving for and things you want to achieve and accomplish. I love it. But I also think that you would be better served in your life if you would, instead of just thinking about these are the goals that I want to accomplish, you start thinking about the godly habits that you can build into your life every single day. I know most believers, when they get together at the beginning of the year and they start January, one of the things that I hear a lot is like, I want to have a good year spiritually this year. I want to be close to God. I want to pray more. I want to read my Bible more. I want to do all kinds of things. And I want to read a Christian book this year. I'm only going to listen to Caleb and all this stuff. And it usually falls apart just like everything else because you can have a good intention, but if you don't have the habit, then it won't get done. Our habits and our disciplines are the things that help us achieve the goals that we have before us. And if we don't have the habits and the disciplines in place, then all of our goals, we can just pick them up and put them on next year's calendar too, because you're going to hit replay every January. Without the habits, you won't be able to achieve the goals. The Bible calls it in Proverbs, steady plotting. Proverbs 21.5 says, steady plotting brings prosperity. And every day, I'm going to have some things that I do as a Christian, as a believer, and I'm going to follow Jesus each and every day of my life. When I was growing up in church, I remember hearing things that I would go to the services and they would say, you're going to do something great for God. And I'd say, good, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. You're going to preach to the nations. And I'd say, somebody buy me a plane ticket. Let's go. I'm ready. Come on. You're going to tell all kinds of people about Jesus. Your God has a special calling and a plan for your life and you're set apart and you're awesome and you're amazing. And I'd say, great. But you know what would have helped me more than that? If they would have said, here's what your life needs to look like on an average day. This is what Christianity is. It is just a daily, I'm gonna wake up and follow Jesus today. And if God has something for you, he's gonna have you preaching to the nations, then as you follow him each and every day, he'll get you there. He'll get you where you're meant to be, but it's a daily following of Jesus. And so that's why in this first series that we do in January. It's called Walking with God. And it's just a look at different habits and disciplines that every believer should have in their life. Today, we're going to be talking about the habit or the discipline of prayer. Now, I know this concept is probably not new to you. The idea that you should pray is probably something you've heard before in your life. If you grew up in the South, you probably heard this prayer at night. My mama would come in and she would say, all right, it's time to go to bed. Let's, let's pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. What's the next line? I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Y'all know that prayer. In, in junior high, I remember having prayer circles. And prayer circles is where everybody would stand around in a circle and they would hold hands. And when you were finished praying, you would squeeze the hand of the person next to you and they would start praying. And I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't hardly do any praying in a prayer circle. All I, you know what I did? I say, okay, they're four people away. 
One, two, three, four. I got four people to figure out what I'm going to say. All right. Uh, I'm going to pray that every person in my school hears about Jesus. That's a good sounding prayer. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So we go three, two, one. And that person right next to me. I pray that every person in my school would hear about Jesus. And I'm like, oh, no. What am I going to do? You took my prayer, girl. All right. She squeezed my hand, and I'll be passing on down the line. Skip me. I'm going to squeeze her hand right away. Get out of here. I ain't going to pray. There was very little prayer that happened in the prayer circle for me. Most of the, I think most of my anxiety in my adult life I can trace back to the prayer circles in junior high. Praying is not a new concept to us as a church. It is talking, having communion with God. It's us opening up our hearts, opening up our mouth, and just talking to him, spending time with him. And I pray that New Life Church becomes a church that is um, built on the habit of prayer and studying the word of God. Like, I, I know that we're not trying to be the best church in town at anything, okay? We don't consider this thing a competition between us and some other church, but there are a lot of churches in this town, and churches are known for different things. And since we've been on, everybody's been live streaming their services, we've had a chance to watch different churches around town. There are some really fantastic churches in Fort Smith. And some churches have incredible worship. I mean, they could be uh, on an album somewhere or on some TV show. Like, these guys are incredible. Some churches... The teaching and the pastor gets up. It's so good to just listen to them bring the word, and they're very good at communicating. Some churches are amazing at how they minister to the poor and to the community. And I love all those things about all these different churches. What I hope when people say, New Life Church, what's New Life Church about? I hope that people would say of us, you know, I don't know. I know that New Life Church will pray for me. If I have a prayer request, whether I go to that church, I don't go to that church, if I've ever been to a church or I've been in church my whole life, if I have something going on in my life and I send them a prayer request, I know that they will pray for me. I pray that that can be said about us. In the life of a believer, prayer is so vital and so important. And so many times in my life, I have treated it like it's just a formality. When people say, will you pray for me? I say, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. And then my mind starts to think, I'll pray for him, but what can I really do? Like, yeah, I'll pray for you, but I wish I could really do something. And I've had to repent several times in my life where I think I put such a low value on the power of prayer. Let me tell you, when you pray for someone, when someone brings a need to you and they say, I need someone to pray with me about this, the most powerful thing you can do is take that need before God, the creator of the universe, and say, God, I bring this to you. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is important. Prayer is vital. And so often, we find it difficult to pray more than just a prayer at dinner time. And my family is always pretty good about 
praying at dinner time. We say, God, bless this food. Thank you for providing it. Bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. Amen. And you got to get that nourishment of our bodies in there. It ain't real spiritual. You know what I'm talking about? You got to write that one down, nourishment of our body. Listen, I think it will help you to think of it like this. Prayer isn't just an event. It's a lifestyle. God has called us to be people of prayer that have a habit of praying every day in every part of our day, that we are constantly in communication with God. But I found some reasons that I think are important that we touch on why people have a tough time praying. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, one of the reasons that people don't pray is this. We don't make room for prayer. The things that are important to you get added to your schedule a lot of times without you even thinking about it. The things that are most important to you, they don't even have to be written in the schedule because you just know this is part of my day. And in my house, one thing that I don't even have to write on my schedule because it's ingrained in us is we are going to sit around the table at dinner time and we are going to eat together. I grew up in a house where this wasn't the case. Like, we had, like, a nice dining table, but we only ate there, like, Thanksgiving and Easter. The rest of the time, everybody would grab a plate. They'd go sit at the TV or go sit in their rooms, or everybody would eat at different times. But in my family, we have such a habit of coming together around the table and eating dinner. I love it. And one of the things that we have, every, every week this happens at our house, when we get together, and we start eating. It don't matter who's mad at who, what bad thing has happened to you that day. It don't matter if we burnt dinner and we had to go get pizza, all right? This has happened a dozen times if I've cooked. You know, we, we sit down, we eat together, and anything that has to be hashed out, we hash it out right there at the table. Somebody's arguing with somebody. This person did this to me. And out of nowhere, somebody goes, order in the court. We got this thing called order in the court. And we have a full-on trial right there at that table. Now, you need to know this. When we have a trial, I'm never on trial, okay? I got to be honest. I am the judge, the jury, and the executioner all in one here at the head of the table. And if anybody wants to bring a trial against me, that's a frivolous lawsuit. We throw that one out, all right? That one won't be heard. But we get to the bottom of everybody else's trial, and we get it down. We love to spend that time together, and we don't even have to think about it. It's just part of who we are. We get together every night. Part of who Jesus was, part of who Jesus is, he made time set apart to pray. This is the son of God. This is Jesus Christ. And still, the Bible says, we talk about this every time we talk about prayer. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He got up when? Early in the morning. And he went where? To a solitary place. Jesus had a time 
and a place to pray. He made room in his life because it was important. And for you, it's important that you do the same. You need a time and a place. Now, everybody's time and place might be different. I knew a lady that was like Jesus's third cousin. Her name was Miss Evelyn. She went to the church that I grew up in, and she was like the most spiritual woman I ever met. She was a prayer warrior. And anytime I went to her house, I would always say before I walked in, I said, God, forgive me of any sin in my heart. I don't want you to tell her about it, okay? I need to know. I'm clean going in there because I believe she talked to the Lord. She walked with the Lord every day. She would get up and for an hour in the morning, she would get on her knees and she would pray before God. Now, some of you, that ain't going to work. I can just tell you, you get up, you get on your knees. About three minutes later, your knees are aching, you're back in bed and you're done turning your alarm off. Some of you need a different time and a place. I've talked to you before coffee for some of y'all is not a pleasant thing, okay? Some of you need to have your cup of coffee in the morning before you get going. And you need to sit down before the kids wake up and you need to talk to God and spend a moment with him. Some of you, that's not good. Some of you need to go on a walk in the morning and you get, you wake up, you get energy, you feel alive by being outside. And so go on a walk and just adore him as you walk outside. The purpose, uh, the point isn't the specific time and the place that I'm going to tell you. It's that you have a time and a place. Make room. Number two, second reason that a lot of people don't pray, we don't feel like we need to. I've heard people say this a lot. I only bother the big guy when it's something I can't handle. And it is true that God has given us gifts and talents and abilities. And a lot of us can look at our to-do list and we can knock it out without giving a second thought to God. But we shouldn't do it. Let me tell you why. One of the reasons is this. When you start letting God just sit on the outside and watch what you're doing and what you're capable of, whether you know it or not, this is what you're saying. I'm enough. I'm strong enough to get through all this myself. I don't need him for that. My, my time, my talent, that's enough to do it. The Bible says that everything we do, we are to do for the glory of God. And I thought about that. It says everything. And I thought, God, how do I do this? How do I do everything for your glory? Because I I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen people eat soup. It ain't pretty. Like, I, I don't think there's much glory in somebody slurping up some soup. And so I'm wondering how in the world, let me tell you, God gets glory when you recognize that he is the source of all the good things in your life, that he is the source of the strength that you use. And so when I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about uh, whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, I do it for the glory of him. It's that I say, like when I wrote this message this week and I was working on this, you know what I said this morning when I got here? It's not, man, I did a real good job working up this message. I'm proud of me. It was, God, thank you so much that you gave me the creative strength that you gave me creative ideas, that you gave me the boldness to stand on front of a stage in front of people, that I even have today, that you woke me up this morning and filled my lungs with your breath. All of this strength, all of this comes from you. And I thank you because you deserve it. Doing everything for his glory has to do with the posture 
of your heart. And listen, I used to do CrossFit, whether you can believe it or not. And I was never really good at CrossFit, but I tried my best. And one of the things that my coach would always tell me when I come in and start lifting, they had these things called deadlifts. And I'm not going to uh, embarrass myself by trying to do a deadlift in front of you. But one of the things that he would tell me is I'd go down like this to grab the bar. And he would say, no, your posture's all wrong. You got to bring your shoulders back. You got to put your chest out. You got to put your chin up. And then you can pick it up. When your posture's wrong, you won't be able to lift as much. You'll end up hurting yourself. But when your posture's right, you have more power. And it's better for you to get your posture right. Let me tell you, your heart has a posture. And your posture of your heart can either be looking towards myself and saying, I'm really good at what I'm doing here and I don't need anybody's help and I'm doing it my way and I'm making my own way in the world. Or your posture of your heart can be glorifying God, thanking him for his provision in your life, for his power, for his presence, for his encouragement. I was reading uh, from a book called A Praying Life by a man named Paul Miller. And I wrote this down. I thought it was powerful. If you are not praying, then you are quietly confident that time, money, and talent are all you need in life. And I said, Lord, please don't let that be me. I need God in every part of my life. Number three, this one's tough. I think a lot of people struggle with this one. One of the, the reasons that we don't pray is because we have prayed before and God didn't do exactly what we asked him to do. This is uncomfortable for a lot of people to admit, but it's true and it's important. And I believe a lot of people have prayed sincere prayers and they didn't see the answer that they were looking for and their heart grew cold towards God. And I understand when I was a kid, one of the first people I remember praying for was a, a young woman from our church. And my mom would drive us, I think we had a Chevette. And we would drive up to her house in the Chevette. And we sat out there and we would pray for her to be healed. She was the first person I ever knew, I ever heard of that had cancer. And we prayed and prayed. And she died. She passed away. And I thought, God, what went wrong here? What happened? I sympathize with anyone that has felt that same way because I have. And for me as a child, I was very confused. Why does this person get healed but not this person? And I don't have any sort of funny story or anything for you to illustrate this. But I do have some words that I pray would offer hope to you. I want you to remember this. First, God hears you. In Isaiah 65, verse 24, he says, I will answer them before they even call to me. And while they're still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Whenever you pray to God, your prayers don't fall on deaf ears. He hears you. He sees you. He's concerned with your life. And my prayer is that you would know that you are heard by him. The next thing that I would say is um, God in his word said to bring every request to him. 
and to, to come to him with everything that you need. And he meant it. But I think often we think that that is God's role, for us to go to him, ask what we want, and he's going to do it. The Bible says not only does he hear your prayers, but he also says that he is a comforter and a counselor. And if everything that you ever wanted and desired and prayed for were going to be just the way that you want it, you would never need a comforter and a counselor. And there is, there is in Scripture both sides of God because he knew. We know that he can answer any prayers. We have faith. And when things don't turn out the way that we see that they should turn out, he is there in the form of a comforter and counselor to walk with you through those times. I would say the third thing is sometimes we pray for things that are completely outside of God's will. And we ask for things that, you know, God would, would not want us to ask for. Like, I'll give you an example. This one was a little shocking to me. Uh, someone was praying for a couple to get divorced so that he could marry this man's wife. He was in love with their wife, and he was praying that they would split up so they could get together. And we were like, no, <laughs> it don't work like that. You got to stop praying like that because what you're praying is completely outside of God's will. And the last word that I would give you on this is God always has an answer for your prayer. It's just often the answer isn't something that we are looking for or that we want. And I think as a father, I know this now more than I've ever known it in my life. Because when my kids, they're sitting right here, when they ask for something and they come to me and they ask and I, can, I, I say, yes, sure, you can have it. They love me, man. I get all the hugs. I get all the smiles. I'm the best thing in the whole world. Oh, daddy, thank you. Thank you. You're the best. And when they come to me and ask me for something, I say, no, it's like, why are you doing this to me? You've ruined my whole life. This is terrible. Why are you treating me this way? You don't love me. How could you do this? And so God will say yes. He will say no. But he will also say not now. And there sometimes is a time between when we ask and a time between when we see it fulfilled. And you see that often in scripture, a long period of time. And my kids don't like it when I, when I say, uh, not right now. And then they say, when? I say, uh, just not right now. When? 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 And that's how we get with God when he's, when, he, when he's telling us to be patient. Often, we'll become quite impatient. I also just want to say one other thing about this. Um, a lot of people that I will meet with, they will go to God when they need something, and that's it. That's, that's when they go to him. They will go and they will ask, and they form their opinion of God based on them asking and not getting what they, they, look, they were looking for. And I thought of it like this. If you came to my office once a week, you knocked on the door, I said, come on in. And you walked in and said, hey, can I have $10,000? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you can't. And you walked out and you're upset. You come back the next week. I say, hey, come on in. Can you pay my car note this month? 
no, I can't. And they storm out. They come back again. Will you take me to Josie's place tonight for dinner with my whole family and pay for everything? No, I won't. And they storm out again, and they have an opinion about me that I am this jerk, that I don't want anything good for them in their life, that I'm not a nice guy. And that's what happens when people come to God only to ask and to petition, God, will you give me this? Will you do this for me? Will you do this for me? When the purpose of prayer is to know God, to be in communion and fellowship with God. And so the people that know me, that hang out with me, they would have a different opinion of me than the person that just came in once a week to ask me for something. People that know me would say, oh, yeah, he's a good guy. He's fun. We like to hang out with him. And that person would say, like, no, this guy's terrible. He never does anything I want. It's because the time that was spent together. So let me give you a few things uh, real quick, and we'll uh, be out of here about prayer that I think uh, will help you this month as you pray. The first one is this, and it's easy. Pray first. Pray first. In every part of your life, in everything that you do, in every day, pray first. Does that mean that I'm just saying you should pray when you get out of bed in the morning? Yes, you should. You can. Certainly, it's great. God, thank you for this day. I thank you that... uh, for the breath in my lungs, and I ask that you help me through this day. Amen. But I'm not saying just pray like it's an event. Pray first in every situation in your life because it's part of who you are. It's a lifestyle. So before you have breakfast in the morning, God, thank you for this meal. You provided it. We love you. Amen. You get the kids in the car, you get them to school before they get out of the car. God, I thank you for these kids, and I pray over their day. I pray that they have um, favor with their teachers and other students. Help them to concentrate and focus. Let them have a lot of fun. And now get out of my car. Amen. You know what I'm saying? All right, before you go to work, you know, tomorrow, let me give you a good one. God, I haven't been to work in two weeks. I don't want to see any of these people, Lord. I need your help today. Please help me. Give me patience. Amen. Before you have a meeting at work and you're about to go into a big meeting and they say, hey, are you ready to go into that meeting? You say, yeah, just one second. God, I need your help in this meeting today. I need you to lead me and guide me. Give me the words. Don't let me blow this. Please, I trust in you. I love you. Thank you. Amen. Before you get home, before you go to, before you go to bed at night, God, what a day. This has been a good day and I'm grateful for it. Or, God, this has been a terrible day. I thank you that you've given me enough grace to get through it, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Amen. In every area of your life, pray first. And it's important to do this because James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. And some of you have been thinking about things that you wish were different. You've been hoping a situation would change. And the Bible says sometimes you don't have because you didn't pray first. You didn't pray about it. You're just thinking about it. But pray about it. You never know what God's going to do. I'll give you two other ones real quick. The second one is this. Pray scripture. We have a great resource about this. Uh, Philip actually taught a course online called Prayer 101. We're going to post it on our social media today. I don't have time to walk through this whole thing. 
I would encourage everyone to go through this course because it's the basics of prayer and then he teaches you how to pray scripture. But all of us know a couple of things in the Bible that we're real familiar with. The Lord's Prayer out of Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Uh, And I'll show you just real quickly what you can do with a prayer like that. Now, these aren't magical words that if you pray them, things are going to be good. Jesus gave us a model of prayer. These are things that we can pray about. So I'll just show you. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You could pray like this. God, you are our Father and you are a good Father. And I love you. I thank you that you care for me, that you see me from from where you are, and you will guide me and lead me in all my ways. I praise your wonderful name. Hallowed be your name. You're incredible. You're amazing. And I thank you for all the names of who you are. God is here. God, our provider. God, our healer. Wherever you are today, you can take these prayers from Scripture, and you can use them powerfully in your life. The other one is Psalm 23, a great prayer. And most of us have heard it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But you can take it in a different direction than this. You can pray this really many different ways. God, thank you for being my shepherd. You have always led me. You have always kept me safe and protected, and I'm grateful. Or you can pray, God, today I need your guiding shepherd voice in my life. I pray that my ears hear your voice today and that my heart is led by you. Or you can pray a prayer of confession. God, you are my shepherd and you have been um, directing me in ways and I have ignored those ways. And I'm sorry, I repent to you right now. God, I confess that I've walked astray and I wanna follow you all the days of my life. Just from that little bit of scripture, you can have a prayer time that is powerful, that's fully the, the will of God, the words of God, it's beautiful. So I would encourage you, go on our social and listen to Prayer 101 today. The last one is this, and we'll get out of here. You can pray a messy prayer, and it's okay. You don't have to try to clean up your mess. I, I remember in church there was a, uh, a man that went to church with us, and he prayed like he came straight from the mountain, you know, like beautiful, hearing the voice of God and seeing his face, and Lord, thou art worthy, and we ask you, Lord, to be in this place today, and it's like, wow, this guy's amazing, and so other people wouldn't pray because this guy's prayers were like, I ain't going to get on the microphone and say, okay, Jesus, uh, thank you for everything. I appreciate that. You're going to listen to this guy and be amazed and impressed with it. But listen, to God, there are no bonus points for pretty language. All the pretty language, you know what it does? It hits the ceiling because you know what God hears? He hears the heart. The Bible says in 1 Samuel that the Lord doesn't see people the way that we see people. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And God is not impressed with how beautiful, how long, how loud you can pray. He's not hard of hearing. God wants your sincerity, and you can pray messy prayers. In this room right here, I have walked around, and I have prayed some messy prayers. Just right here on this row, one day I sat there, and I said, God, 
I am ticked off at this person, and I don't have any more patience for them, and I pray that you would pick them up and put them in Syria. I don't want to see them anymore. They can get out of my life. You know what I mean? You can be real and authentic with God. He asks us to come to him as children, authentic. Just say what's on your heart. That's what he wants to hear. It's like my boy at Christmas time for several years, I feel like the test of a parent is when your child has to open a gift that someone else has given them. And it's like, oh God, please let him react a good way. Because one time he opened it up and he said, I didn't ask for this. What's this thing? And I thought, oh, man. So every time we would go to Christmas or go to a birthday party, I'd say, it doesn't matter what you get. Smile and say thank you. Smile and say thank you. Because I don't want to fail as a parent. But children have no filter. And with God, you don't need to have a filter. You don't have to clean up how you feel in order to take it to him. Take it to him as messy as it is. He wants to hear. The best relationships in my life are the ones that I can call up with no filter and just tell them exactly what I think, say exactly how I want to say, and they say, amen. All right, that's good. And I love those relationships. I would encourage you. Don't focus on the words of your prayer as much as just focus on him and the sincerity from your heart. The Bible says that he will never reject a broken and repentant heart. And so when you come to God, come to him with that idea that I'm just going to talk to him. If your day's going bad, tell him. If your day's going good, thank him. Whatever part of your day you're in, just bring it to God and let it be a habit that is in your life. Yes, there are times that we set aside, like that time in the morning that I have where I just am strictly there to focus on my time with Jesus. But then all throughout my day, it's like the difference between a text message and a phone call. In the morning, I'm on the phone with God. Give me that long time with him. Throughout the day, I'm going to shoot him a text. God, thank you. I needed that. Or God, help me right now. This, is, this isn't good. Y'all with me? We love you guys so much. Let me pray for you before we go. God, I thank you for every person in here. And I pray that we would know that when we pray, you hear us. And it is true. You hear our voice when we call. You are concerned with the happenings of our life. And I pray that this year we would have all these goals and all these things, but more importantly, we would develop a habit and a lifestyle where we go to you for everything. The big things, the little things, all the things in between. We know that you care and want to hear us. And in that, God, I pray every person in here today would find enjoyment in you. I love you. If you need prayer for anything and you're here this morning, let me just raise your hand up real quick in this place. Okay, I see you. God sees you. I'm going to pray for you. And I encourage you, whatever it is that you're going through that you need prayer for, make sure that you are taking that to God as well. He cares. He cares. God, I pray for every person. Hand went up today. I don't know the issues of their heart, but you do. You know our prayers before we pray them. 
You know, you are the only relationship in our life that we don't have any secrets from. Zero secrets. So I thank you that you see every tear, every struggle, and you are enough in every situation. I pray for every person online and here in person that for these next 21 days, as we seek you, that our hearts would just grow to love you more, to enjoy you more, and to know you more. Thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody say.